to From the Bronx with Love, a podcast where we explore pop culture, food, music, and as a bonus, random rants all done with a multicultural lens. We're your hosts, Karen and Dom. Bienvenidos. Bienvenida, Dom. Bienvenida, Karen. <laughs> How's your night going? Um, not bad, actually. I'm going to I'm gonna let you in a pretty dirty secret. Demon. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was um, working from home today from my parents' house. And we've, like, discussed this. And, you know, the the listeners obviously know that I'm an only child. And sometimes it's everything is at 100. Like, the punishments are at 100 and the affection is at 100. Right. And the attention is at 100. <laughs> so I kind of had to concoct a bit of a lie <laughs> to like get myself out of people people and by people I mean my parents paying too much attention to me um while I'm here mm-hmm. um so I said uh, I <laughs> I put on full decked out gym gear my sweet sweat and all just to go have junk food <laughs> Oh my god. I know. This is this is these are the links that first generationers have to go through. Oh <laughs> yeah. So I knew I wasn't gonna be followed or questioned or anything. Cause right. I, I don't know, I think I might have said this off air, but one of the great gems of having a very strict evangelical mother who is waiting for you to be married. And this might foray into for foray into our main topic is that um, now that I'm in like the years to be married and have children, I should refrain from going out alone. So I remember a couple weeks ago, I kind of just wanted to have dinner by myself, and I was gonna head out to leave, and I was like. You know, young women like you who aren't married don't go out all that often, especially to have dinner by themselves. But, so this is what precipitated me then to do something that is socially seen in their eyes as okay, which was let me lie about going to the gym, but really I want a veggie burger and french fries. Right, because you need to treat yourself. Yeah. I can't believe that your mom says that. Like, who says women can go out and have dinner alone? Like, what? Are they going to end up in jail or something? Yeah, I don't know. It's a crime? I really don't know. I guess, like, it le- it lessens your accessibility to heaven. Well, <laughs> I've actually heard this from uh, a couple of older women. Mm, not my family, but, you know, people that I know. Mm-hmm. That they always say that if you don't have a man by your side people won't respect you. People mm. will just think you're like, ah, oh, she's like, esa vieja, like any other woman. <gasps> but if you're with a man, they will refer to you as la señora, a.k.a. Mrs. So, mm. yeah, their whole point of view regarding that is just insane because you're not going to be with a man who like beats you every night just so that society can consider you a senora Mm -hmm. 
instead of like the vieja over there. I don't know. Mm-mm. Yeah. That's... I'd rather be alone than have like a husband like that. Right. And also, even if I had an incredible husband and partner, I still am an autonomous human being. Yeah. You're like your one person. <laughs> I want my own respect. I want to be, my worth is never going to be centered around my relations to men. Exactly. Thank you. A lot of, I need, okay, I'm not going to mention this person's name and I doubt she's going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> Demon now. But she is about, I think she's like a year older than me. So I'm 29. She's already 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her relationship is not the best. But every time she mentions like leaving her husband or anything like that, she always says that she's, she, so I'm going to say in Spanish, hopefully you understand. Uh She says, solo soy mujer de un solo hombre. So meaning that because she lost her virginity to this man, Uh that is it. Like, I guess, like, her value as a woman is lost. Mm. Something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, really? That's what you're going to base your worth on? Oh, my God. Yeah. I just, ooh, every time she tells me that, I cringe. Oh, I'm just wow. like, no. Patriarchy really did a number on us, didn't it? Well, not us, obviously. <laughs> and obviously. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> But you're right. It's had, it's had like this impact on certain women mm-hmm. who are just like raised with this idea that without a man or without their virginity or even without birthing kids, they're worthless. Yeah. Oh, check us out. Like this is supposed to be the main topic. I know. And we already got into it. We are into it today. I guess we can just go straight into it because <laughs> we have a lot to say. Yeah. So I actually kind of want to start it or I wanted to implore a little bit about your own, like, because I know your views, but then I want to like kind of go a little bit deeper into like you and children, basically, like or how you view yourself as a mother and I don't know, you're, you are about to turn 30 and that's literally the marker for, we, we used to watch Sex and the City. Oh yes. That was the marker. That was like, if we need, like that was indoctrinated in women was like biological clock and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So I'm wondering like personally, what's, what are Karen's plans, <laughs> philosophies? <laughs> My philosophy is that, yeah. There is no such thing as a timeline. Who came up with this crazy idea that you graduate college in your early 20s, mm-hmm. then you find a good job by your mid-20s, and then you decide to find a good husband and have kids, and that is your life. And then you have to wait until your kids leave for college, and that's if they leave. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm just like stressing myself out with that thought. But my thought on kids, I love children. I'm not Mm -hmm. a child hater. Mm -hmm. But I don't see myself with children. Okay. Simply because I enjoy 
my time. And I feel like being a mother a lot of times means that you give up certain things. Mm -hmm. And I enjoy my quiet space. I enjoy my naps. (laughs) I just really don't see how kids could fit into my lifestyle. And I'm not worried at all about the timeline because a lot of people do ask me my age and they're like, so are you married? When are you having kids? I'm like, uh, why don't you ask me something else? Like, what does that have to do with my age? Right. And I'm, I'm enjoying life just because I don't have kids. Doesn't mean that I'm like a bitter woman or that I'm lonely. No, that doesn't mean that at all. It's just that I chose like a different path for my life. And yeah. You are threading so many things right now. I'm like trying to like gather my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot to say. I think I could talk about this for like three hours. Yeah. I think one, I want to commend you. Um, I think that's such brilliant insight. Um, because not everyone is supposed to be a parent. And when you mm-hmm. understand that about yourself, I think you I think you're in a different playing field than most other people. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think you're a little bit more enlightened and then elucidated to I don't know, more humanity as a whole when you understand yourself that you don't have the capacity. Mm-hmm to take care of another human being. Yep. Because here's the thing that's really creepy for me when it comes to, when I hear a lot of discussion about parenthood and parenting, um, whether it be my parents' generation or my generation or like the generation in between um, or below me and in any in any capacity, um, is that there's just, there's, there's, um, an ignorance about like what children are. (laughs) Yes. Like people are, children are so cute. Evolutionary. They're the cutest things. Not newborns. I think newborns are a little weird looking, but like give it a month (laughs) and they grow into the cuteness. Yeah. Cute. And I really want chubby ones. I love them when they have the cheeks. I especially love when they have the dimples because I'm biased because I have yeah. dimples. Yeah, chubby and babies are also my weakness. Yeah, I love it. And I love when they coo. I love when they drool. I just I could take pictures of them all day. Love, love. Like I have an actual biological like reaction to seeing fat babies. <laughs> <laughs> That being said, that baby, whether it's a week old or 32 years old, is an autonomous human being. So parenting, I don't know what happened in society, what snapped, who snapped, whatever philosophy snapped. I don't know. Where it's like, no, children are actually going to be this like clay or this like um, blank vessel where me, the parent, the, the adult, I consider myself the adult, right. be projecting all my nonsense and try to mold this thing into what I want it to be instead of letting it grow and nourish and become a person. Yes. 
I don't understand why people don't get that. Literally, I like, we'll listen to people talk about like children <laughs> and themselves as parents or the, um, or the desire to be a parent. And I honestly feel like sometimes I'm going crazy or like I'm in the twilight zone. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> well, you definitely know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> for the listeners out there, like, do you ever think that like, I don't know, we probably have some smokers and non-smokers, but you never, you know, when you are like, you are grounded and things kind of feel like you're floating or floating around you. And you're like, wait, is this what's going on? Or is that, or am I just like making it up kind of thing? Yeah. Well, you're kind of dazed, I guess. Yes, exactly. That is how I feel when I hear people talk about children. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. And then at the same time, I have seen it with uh, a lot of family members because they had their kids when they were young. But at the same time, I still see them acting as if they were single. Mm. And I'm like, well, then why did you have kids when you're out here going to bars? And I'm not saying that people that have kids are not allowed to go to bars. Yes, because you need to unwind. Mm -hmm. But not every single weekend. And you're not going to go with your friends to the club because you have a child to take care of. Like, that is your responsibility. Mm -hmm. I don't know single people who do that, who go out every every weekend exactly so then it's like you have to plan financially because you have to feed this child you have to clothe it and you have to make sure that they have the necessary necessary things in order to survive Mm -hmm. so the fact that you're out here going to clubs and partying it's like um did you forget on a friday night that you're a parent or something Mm -hmm. Because bills still need to get paid. Diapers still need to be purchased. Yeah. And I want to go back to, I think you were starting to kind of mention it or put into words. Um, This is another thing that really irks me. Um, And I hear it so much from women, not at all from men. Uh But it's this purposeful feeling. So like, they feel like it's time to have children because they have, that's their sense of purpose. Oh my God. No, (laughs) no. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. (laughs) I already can feel it. I think I said this to you once and I said this to my dad because he was like, Oh, you're young. You're healthy. I'm pretty sure that you can have a baby right away. I was like, just because I have the parts needed to have a baby, does that mean that I need to have one? Because you have two legs and I don't see you running marathons. When you can perfectly probably train for one. So if you're not running marathons, why should I have kids? You don't, you told your Mexican father that? Yes, I did because he kept on insisting. And I was like, how else am I going to make this man realize that just because my body, I guess, was made for that does not mean that I have to use it for that. Mm-hmm. Like, do you get what I'm saying? Absolutely. <laughs> so I'm just like, that's the only example that I could give him in order for him to understand that if I don't, I guess like that feeling has never come upon me to say like, oh, I wish with all my heart to be a mom. Like I've never had that nurturing feeling. Mm-hmm. And so 
like you said, Dom, I'm not that type of person that is like, okay, I have this specific timeline and if I don't stick to it, like there's something probably really wrong going on with me. And I'm just like, no, life can still be fulfilling even if you don't have kids. Exactly. And what you might see as fulfilling might not be the same thing for me. Right. So why am I going to have kids just because society is dictating that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, it, it does make me, I want to say I take it with a grain of salt when I hear something like that yeah because I personally feel it's probably socialized um it doesn't come from a place of genuine Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I don't I don't and also like with that people will be like well won't you like feel like you missed out if you don't I'm like how am I gonna miss out on something I've literally never experienced thank you (laughs) So no, and I don't feel like that's my calling <laughs> or my purpose. Um, I think if you decide to be a parent and not be one of those parents who think their children are like is a hunk of clay and you're going to mold it into like a statue, but you're actually going to be a parent and understand that it's a thankless job. I think that's really noble. Um, yes. Yeah. And I'm not saying don't be a parent. I'm just saying a lot of y'all shouldn't be. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) And we're going to be real here. (laughs) Um, And I'm not saying I'm like, you know, at the end of this, you're going to find out that I'm eight months. And I'm like, you know, (laughs) I'm the only person who's allowed to be one. That's not mine at all. Like I'm, separate from this conversation I'm going through a journey of like discovery and learning and growth and I think in that maybe I'll decide that I want a child and maybe I decide I don't want one you know what I'm saying but for me that's not an end goal and it's not what I'm rushing to and it's not what would give me purpose or like any value because my value um my purpose and my being is not assigned to literally anything. Like I occupy multiple spaces. So I'm never just going to be a mother. I'm never just going to, if I have to have children, I'm never just going to be someone's wife. I'm never just going to be like, Oh, I'm a writer. You know what I mean? I occupy so many different spaces that there's nothing like essential about me. There's not that one thing that you're tying your value to. Yeah. Oh, I love what you just said. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. So that's why I don't feel this like sense of purpose because, and I also, I also feel like feeling a sense of purpose or having that mentality means like you're going to do something to come to an end. And I don't think that is the case. Like life is a life is ongoing. And mm-hmm. I think this is a process. You know what I mean? You can do a lot of things that can make you feel grounded and um, you express gratitude in, but like it could just be a process. Like 
having friendships. That's a perpetual thing. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And being married maybe is, if that's your, if that's your jam, that's a perpetual thing that you work towards. It's not like I'm married and that's it. Like, you know what I mean? It's not like mm-hmm. I'm a parent and that's it. Like, that's a perpetual thing. So like, I don't know, like, you like, I think life is the purpose. <laughs> not this <laughs> one thing. Yeah, you can't just be that one thing and that that's like, oh, that's all I was born for. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of people treat it like that. And it's, and this has come up several times at like family gatherings and everybody is trying to like decipher the mystery as to why Karen does not want to have kids. Oh, wow. They're yes. really involved. They are. And I'm just like, why don't you understand? I love my naps. <laughs> I don't like to cook. My laziness will go as far as like just having cereal for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> so I know that I am just like not responsible enough to take care of another life. I I don't think I've ever said this to them, but I don't know if they would rather me just have a baby and then be a terrible mother, but then they would say no, but she had a child. Hmm. Because the fact that they're questioning it, it's just like, I know I'm not going to be a good mother, so why am I going to bring another life to this planet? Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah. Let's be realistic here. Yeah. I for one do think from an outside perspective and if I didn't know you mm-hmm. but I knew like your work ethic and how cool you were I would say you would actually be a really good mom <gasps> people have said that to me uh, when I used to work in restaurants a lot of people would say that to me yeah and I know you say you're like not nurturing I don't know this could be self-read and I'm not you, but I think you actually are. <laughs> um, um, with that being said, I like, I'm not you and you know yourself the best. And that, again, going back to like, that's such great awareness that you know mm-hmm. that, that it takes effort and it takes constant effort. And I think that's what you're getting at is like, I don't think like, and I don't want listeners to be like, oh my God, Karen's lazy. <laughs> Karen, like eighty percent of this podcast is Karen. Oh, <laughs> like it's not even a fifty-fifty thing. It's like literally, I'm giving myself too much. Ninety percent of this, <laughs> all the heavy lifting is almost Karen. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah. So, what I'm getting at is like you're not. You're not lazy in a way that you're like, oh, I'm just going to leave my child in the crib for three days and then I'll get to it when I get to it. Oh, right. But like, I definitely get what you're talking about is that like the freedom of like the freedom or the peace of mind that you know when if you do, if let's say you did have a real, you did have a really bad day at work, you're home and you don't have children, you can kind of unwind on your own terms. Yeah. So it's not like really a question of laziness. It's like, actually, I want to know that there is just like this space where like, I really don't 
it's not like life or death that someone yes. is depending on exactly. me. <laughs> yes. Because and I don't, I, I don't think don't think that is laziness. I think that's actually really moral. <laughs> yeah, because I know I won't have the bandwidth to do so. Like if I were ever to become a mother, I would like to be the type of mother that I had. I feel like she was very caring. All her time was devoted to us. And that's what I would like to be. But I know I can't. I just know that I would never reach that level. Exactly. So I think I'm just being realistic here. And a lot of people that question, that question me about kids are not being realistic, for, realistic with themselves. They just think Precisely. like, I'm just here. I'm this age. Let me find someone, have kids. And a lot of the times, I think in our culture, I would say that at least like 60% of raising the child is done by the mother. Absolutely. And the father is just like, okay, here are the kids. I come from work, see them for like one or two hours. And that is like their role, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, it like speaks to something that I've heard a couple of times, which like really irks me. And it always irked me when I was like even younger, where like the mom may have something to do. So she like, leaves the kid to the father and then people are like oh that's so sweet he's babysitting I'm like are you, you can't babysit your own children <laughs> exactly like you are a parent like you absolutely should be raising them and taking care of them and like I really don't think that it should all be on this like on the mom. And I think that's, that's another like tricky thing about like being maternal or like this societal, um, societal definition of being maternal. Because I know when I, when I, I don't get this as much now, but I know when people are like, oh, you know, I just like don't have that maternalism or I just feel really maternal. I feel like people read that as like, I, me, myself really want to take on this nurturing caring and like fully like you like you said devote myself and then like that's just me yeah I feel like paternal can also mean care for someone as well I don't understand why that's not (laughs) thrown into the mix yeah and just because like I chose not to be a mother does not mean that I'm not going to be like caring or nurturing towards like friends or family or anything Mm -hmm. like that, or my partner, like, Mm -hmm. because I feel like we've been friends for a while now. And like, when you've had your bad days, like I try to like find ways that will make you feel better. And I feel like Mm -hmm. you've done the same. Mm -hmm. So you have that instinct to say like, okay, this person is not okay. Let me see how I can help. Mm-hmm. So just because you don't have kids, does it mean that you don't have that feeling in you? It's the same way I feel about religion, even though I'm not an atheist or even agnostic and I have my own beliefs. I personally don't, though, don't think you need to be, you know, a card carrying Catholic to be a moral person. If anything, a lot of people um, are in 
religious institutions or hide behind religiosity to do really evil things. Mm-hmm. So I feel the same way, not to derail the <laughs> the conversation, but like I feel no, but- exactly the same way. It's the same thing. Like you really don't need to have a given birth or be tangentially tied to a child to understand you know, human dynamics. Yes. <laughs> yes. And be a good person and be nice and exactly shower your friends with love. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I feel like a lot of people have a hard time understanding that or like, don't see how it's possible. That's my problem. I go back and forth on um, whether the, and I try you know me, I try really hard to be non-judgmental, but things like that, actually, I'm on the fence. I'm like, should this person be judged for having such an, like, what is, what is their own agency in this line of thinking? Are they just being willfully ignorant or like, are they just so brainwashed? And I get, I'm back and forth on whether, (sighs) do you know what I'm saying? Yes. I would say that they're really brainwashed. Mm-hmm. And slightly to understand. Yeah, yeah, and slightly ignorant because I feel like they they're not open to seeing like the other side. That's so true. And yeah. that's where I'm get I get frustrated is um okay, if what I'm presenting to you doesn't make sense, open your mind and think critically and I think that's that's where I fall that's where I'm like I falter because I'm like why don't people just think critically I don't think I'm smarter or better or have any kind of advantage over anyone but I'm able to see it in it in this light so what's wrong with all of (laughs) y'all right I I get your point and I I have also struggled with that just because like and this is kind of like also going back to your point about religion where it's like, okay, I'm not going to be this closed minded person and claim that my religion is the one and only and the best and everyone should follow it because no, everyone chooses which religion they want to follow. Mm -hmm. And so I'm open to hearing your ideas and you can hear mine and I'll respect, you know, your religion. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean mean that I need to force you to see things my way. Mm-hmm. I am open to exploring or at least like, yeah, maybe visiting another church or institution. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a lot of people are like, no, my way is the only way. And I refuse to see anything else past that. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the same thing with parenthood. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's so it's so ironic that you have this clarity about parenthood and, and you're like, I don't think I want to be a parent. It's like <laughs> that's amazing. You have such clarity about this. And I'm like, she should I, be on number five right now. I think because I've seen this a lot with my family as well. Mm-hmm where they think that their way of how they're raising their children now is the only way. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, no, think about it. You're raising a child in a different country. They will not have the same upbringing that you did 
because simply it just doesn't work like that. And I feel like a lot of parents, and I guess this might also factor into because they become young parents, but a lot of parents want to like mold their kids into something that they didn't get a chance to become. Mm -hmm. So if it's like, if I didn't become the star soccer player, whatever, my child will grow up to be that, that like superstar. It is so weird. <laughs> it, it really is. And I think you, you come back, I feel like we're just like piggybacking off of every, like going back to you, going back to you, going back to you. <laughs> but you were starting to like make this point um, about like, yeah, especially with women, it's like, okay, I go to school and then maybe I work for a few and then I get married and then I have a child and then I like during that whole until they like leave the nest then maybe my life is different but my life kind of is on hold Mm -hmm. and that is like what is weird to me about like projecting your like failed dreams onto your children because um I'm never not going to be a writer if I, like, decide to have a kid. I'm never not going to try to make movies. Mm-hmm. I'm never not going to, like, be the face of a podcast. That is number one. <laughs> um, so, like, I don't... And I also don't... Like, I don't feel like if I, would say, had a child next year... And, you know, I would try to get them to be an actor or something. Like, I don't feel personally like I failed and given up. But I guess I'm not in that part of my life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think, like, I'm already having really fulfilling moments. Mm-hmm. Or all of these things about me are fulfilling. So that, like, if I do decide to shift gears it's not because of something that's interrupted. And then I have to like try to fix it through a different means. Yes. I'm trying to say. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why I find it weird. I'm just like, okay, maybe you did, you're, you were a baseball player and you played for the minor leagues. And then now you want your son to do the same. Yeah. Did you not like, that's such a great experience that you had. And like life is not life is long because sometimes people's lives are cut short, but life can take you different places. Like it's not that fixed thing. Mm -hmm. And also mm -hmm. it's another human being. Right. With, and they're going to form their own ideas and they're genetically, they're going to have different tastes, different abilities. So Mm -hmm. what if your child sucks at baseball? And these are the stubborn-headed men who are just like, I'm going to literally beat it into them. Ugh. You see? So then, like, what's the point of having a child? Exactly. If anything, be a coach and then... Seriously. Do that. Be a coach. <laughs> see which one of your students is, like, the shining star and, like, you know, guide this person. Right. Instead of, like... Uh, yeah, instead of forcing a sport or anything upon your child, which in the long run is just going to make them unhappy. 
Yeah, so I feel like we, um, like, between the two of us, have these really, like, have these really formative, kind of strong, I think really strong on your end. Um, <laughs> yes. Feelings about parenthood. But I just want to, like, shout out one um, Twitter follower that uh, we mutually follow. Um, she is Erica or Erikita Bonita X on mm-hmm. Twitter. And um, I saw that she, like, quote tweeted someone. All right. So Erica's tweet says, my parents had me young, too. My mom is 39 and my dad is turning 41. I'm 21. LOL. I know I'm going to be an older mom for sure, but I rather live my life slash do me first than have kids rather than have kids first settle down and try to make up later what I should have done in my youth. And I'm like, that yeah. is exactly, yes, that sums up exactly the sentiment. I want to follow up because she did um, post something else. And she said in, in like a, a thread later mm-hmm. on, she said, no one can convince me it's the same or that you could still live and enjoy your youth. I mean, you can, but not in the same way and or in the same extent to me personally. And I totally agree with it. I know I say this a lot to you, but literally, in this economy, there's no way. There's like no way. (laughs) I've thought the same thing too. I'm just like, how? Like, can someone explain the math to me? Because I don't see how with my salary, I can sustain another's life when I can barely sustain myself. We are pretty fortunate that our salaries are um, above uh, the poverty line. But we also live in New York, so that doesn't say a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It doesn't count for a lot. doesn't count for a lot. Um, And we are... Millennials, you and I, I know we had like really formative years, um, college and maybe a little bit before college during the 2008 crash. Oh, yeah. So like we really have like, I don't want to assign too much um, importance to capitalism, whatever. But still, there's a lot, (laughs) there's still like latent anxiety about the economy but yeah financial anxiety yeah yeah financial anxiety because you know what whatever i have my issues but this is still the framework we live in Mm -hmm. until karen leads the revolution we're still in a capitalist society (laughs) um so like there's still that in our minds as millennials and like you said like our salaries yeah they're they're decent kind of but things the cost of living is higher yes everything is higher so it doesn't even balance out all that much for no single person nope you're gonna bring a child thank you we're talking about the cost of living and salaries but then i know that you in the long run, this is a lucky thing that happened to you. I gather it probably wasn't all that easy paying for school out of pocket. Oh. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you don't have any loans, which is lovely. Yeah. But <laughs> that is not the same for most in our generation. We are the most indebted. 
Oh, that's and, true. Yeah. So like taking it a step further than salary is like, well, we have other things looming over our heads that mm-hmm. we really take precedent because again, this is a system we live in. Um, before, you know, indebting ourselves even more so with now another human in the equation. Yes. <laughs> I've thought about that so much. And the thing mm-hmm. is that when you get married, have kids, what's next? The house. And Which I don't is think, a debt in itself. Thank you, because I it's don't a, think that everyone has like $400,000 lying around there. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. on top of your student loans and your child expenses is the mortgage. Yeah, which is a 30-year. Yes. <laughs> that alone is just like aging me, just the yeah. thought of it. Yeah, uh, I wanted to point out, um, we're going to leave this uh, link in the, as well as uh, Erica's thread, um, in the show notes, but in this Vox article titled um, The Record Low Birth Rate Offers Yet Another Sign That Millennials Are Economically Screwed. Ooh. It, and then the, um, uh, the uh, second headline says, why would you have kids if you're drowning in debt? And I'm like, you know what? Yep. That's a really compelling argument. You don't even have you don't even have to tell me twice. Don't even tell me once. Don't even finish that sentence. You're right. You're right. Um, yeah, so it says indebtedness is through the roof. Young people, precisely those foregoing childbearing in the dreaded millennials, so like from our twenties to like mid thirties, mm-hmm. can barely keep their heads above water. Credit card debt in the United States surpassed $1 trillion this year. This is in 2018. Yeah. Wow. Student debt mm-hmm. student debt hit the $1 trillion mark six years ago. Whoa. That is scary. So. You're just laying the facts, Tom. Yeah, I'm scared. I'm reading them. <laughs> I'm like having to take some time. Um, I don't so, know why people just started noticing this. Like, I figured it out at a young age. Yeah, because you're smart. Like I said, it's ironic oh. that you don't even want to have a child because you're a <laughs> <genius>. <laughs> um, So, yeah, like, we can go back and forth. And we've given our, like, anecdotes as to why, like, what colors our own decision to not have children or let at least not have children right away. Um, but obviously, and I would say most of the people in our um, listening base or our audience are within our own, like, generation. So, like, hearing, like, seeing this, hearing this, and then having like conversations and then numbers put to conversations means that like, yeah, it's not just, we're literally in the same very, very tiny boat and we're capsizing. We're all in the same boat. Yes. Um, which is why I think it's like important to like have this conversation, not just as like, Oh, you know what? I don't want to have kids. Like I think us really explaining and like, 
doing deeper dives and analysis, both culturally and and interpersonally, why we don't want to have kids is really important. But then also economically, (laughs) it's just kind of smart to like be single or at least be married and have get those tax breaks. Um, <laughs> I mean, also be in love, whatever, whatever. Also the love part. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I think that's important, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I also want to make another comment. So like we're talking about it from like three different sides. Mm-hmm. mention very specifically how it how it affects us socially and we mentioned economics but also it's not all that safe to have a child here in these united states of america oh, the no. mortality rates raising and people a lot of people foregoing even like insurance because people can't either like are inadequately insured or don't have insurance and like having a baby (laughs) costs a lot. Yep. I don't get garner a lot of value in one, me being in debt two me going into more debt and me three hemorrhaging because, you know, out of the 32 United States, 31, well, being a mo- like the only one that like doesn't even have universal health care and like it varies wherever you are <laughs> um health care systems and access to health care and just like women um especially uh in new york city actually bronx has one of the highest rates of infant and um mother mortality rates oh no yeah, I'm gonna pull up the numbers, but yeah, there there's a high, high number for a developed country as the United States to be having all these mortality rates. So now you're telling me that yeah, take all, all this money, you get a degree. All right, I got a degree, and I work in my field, and I happen to notice a really cute guy, and he notices me, and we're like, yeah, we're so cute together. Let's make cute things together <laughs> so now you're gonna tell me i got like we both have all this debt and we're both ma- working more than working to the bone to yeah. make some some scratch a little bit of scratch and now you're gonna tell me to risk my life Mm-mm. in addition no no this is why millennials aren't getting knocked up also because if you think about it like that you're going to live your entire life in debt Right. So who wants that? Not me. (laughs) (laughs) Overall, I guess some people are born and they're meant to be parents, right? At one point in their lives. Others are not. And I feel like every person's point or choice, I guess. Yeah, every person's choice should be respected. And just because someone decides not to have kids does not mean that they haven't fulfilled their role as a human. So that's just kind of what I want to point out because I probably like a few people that listen to us have kids and we're not at all saying like it was bad that you had kids, but we're just pointing out kind of like our reasoning behind like why 
we haven't had kids yet. And honestly, why I don't want to have them. (laughs) But hey, if you felt ready to have a child and, you know, you're happy now, awesome. Totally respect that. But you should also respect those that don't have kids. I think so, too. And also, this is one thing I'm so irritating and so invasive, and I don't know how, I really don't know how some things get passed into society as, like, socially acceptable and other things aren't. Like, oh, mm-hmm. the ability to love who you want to love despite gender, you should be able, that should, like, socially, critically thinking, that should not, that should be not a non-existent thing where people are discriminated against. But, Another socially, uh, but that's not socially acceptable. But what is socially acceptable is asking couples who've been married for eight, nine, ten <gasps> years why oh. they don't have kids. Yes. Like being really invasive like that, not understanding people probably went through like five miscarriages, t- like, you know, two or three IVF cycles, failed ones, which are really expensive. Not understanding that, like, that's so insensitive like why are you asking like why are you in people's bedrooms what it comes down to is why are you in people's bedrooms yes and if you think about it someone asking oh why haven't you have kids why haven't you had kids yet it's the same thing as me asking why haven't you saved ten thousand dollars (laughs) yet so i'm not going into your bank account you're not going into my bedroom and you don't need to know why i haven't had kids but I wanted to just make a quick note about what I mentioned about the bombs. Um, and also, we're also going to put this this article. But doctors um, in the bombs, uh, including St. Barnabas Hospital, which I think people have their own ideas of St. Barnabas, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> black women. Uh, especially are four times more likely to die in childbirth in New York City. Uh, And I think it's, there's been 126.7 deaths Mm. for 10,000 live births for, um, yeah, black women. Oh, no. That's really steep yes <laughs> really steep for a country that claims a lot of exceptionalism and medical technology yep we have our most you know just like our most vulnerable people mothers and mothers and this is i'm getting this from the um news called the bronx the bronx um <laughs> Here's another thing, and I think I talked to you about it outside of the podcast, but there are, there's a lot of politicians, you know, that, you know, want to make abortions illegal, all this nonsense. But then it's like, okay, so we have other people getting pregnant. Why aren't you offering them top-notch health care so that this rate isn't as high? as it is now you're fighting for life so why are we having mothers and even babies dying in hospitals i don't get that you gotta stop it 
<laughs> because they're fighting for life so much. Okay, defend, like fight for the ones that are giving birth right now, the women that are pregnant out there. Not like mind your own business as to like my personal decisions. Look out for the ones that have decided to have a baby. You are giving it, giving it all day today. <laughs> That's just my thought because it's just crazy how much effort they're putting into like making abortion illegal and all this nonsense. But um, we have millions of other people having babies every day. So why are hospitals situations? Exactly. Yes. Invest in hospitals. Yeah. Oh, had to take a drink of water after that. <laughs> yeah, but to um, close, yes, it's uh, those are our points, and just know that Karen is armed and ready <laughs> with all of these points that she just laid out. Come at her one more time, especially after her thirtieth, with this whole childbearing nonsense Uh, i'm just gonna say please refer to episode so and so of my podcast Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna refer them there (laughs) yeah anything else you want to add i just want to um add that one, I want people to be aware of the dangers of having children, especially in the United States of America. Um, and that, too, there is no shame in any decision that you make when it comes to your body. Yep. And, um, childbearing and child anything. There's mm-hmm. zero shame. I honestly don't care if you want to be a 1950s housewife and, like, have 10 children and just stay at home. And your husband just makes the money. I don't care. Yeah. Your choice. About it, your choice. And make sure it's a healthy choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that you don't end up feeling really empty inside because, you know, that's just something that you think you have to do. I want everyone to do things having thought critically and a lot of insight into what it is that they want for themselves, basically. So if you want to have kids, have it. Um, if you are capable and not one of those weirdos who's going to like make your child into a Russian ballerina. Um, <laughs> if you don't, don't. More power to you. Just be a cool uncle, aunt, or whatever. Yes. Yeah. It says nothing about it. It literally says nothing about your character, whether or not you have children. So, Dom, I have someone that I want to highlight. Oh, nice. Who? So, from one of my favorite shows, mm-hmm. Tracy Ellis Ross. As we're talking about amazing childless women like you. I, uh, duh, of course I had to mention her. <laughs> I wanted to almost mention her because she's like the person I think of when I think of like the perfect person who's just living their life. Yep. 
And I, I'm going to link this article in the show notes. I specifically want to highlight the speech that she gave at Glamour's 2007 Woman of the Year Summit. Because I listened to this whole speech, and I think you were the one that tagged me on Facebook. I did. Yes. So I watched the whole speech, and I was like, this is me. <laughs> That's why yeah. I tagged you. <laughs> one thing that I, I do like, want to point out. What is Karen doing on my feed? one thing that I want to point out is that in her speech she revealed that the world around her often doesn't support all she's achieved why simply because she hasn't had kids and she's a total chingona like she's a badass she is but just because she doesn't have kids are we going to consider her achievements less I, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, that's really upsetting. But I feel like she's a very strong woman, and she, she's out there speaking up for, for all of us, mm-hmm. which is why I wanted to highlight her. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to make no. this any longer, but you guys should go listen to that speech. Yeah, that's so necessary. I think women probably do feel or there's going to be someone who does feel a little conflicted who is questioning um this and it'll get to the right person it'll get to the right ears and like we need we need more of that um yes more of that to just ensure like there's multitudes you can you you don't have to and you can do whatever you want like you Mm -hmm. don't have to be a certain thing you can be other things and still your womanhood is still very much intact (laughs) yes so i think like this is usually your segment but is there anyone you want to send to hell (laughs) um so uh i'm going to make this (laughs) I'm going to uh, make this short as possible, but um, I'm going to say so. There, in in speaking about um, women, <laughs> this yeah. is a very like female empowerment or yeah, women empowerment um, episode. I mean, they usually always are, <laughs> but um. The Kavanaugh hearings are happening right now, and um, just a really, really quick background. Um, Judge Brett Kavanaugh is the nominee for the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court is kind of like being a pope. (laughs) You kind of die on it. Like, there's no, you're in it, if you are really in it, unless you really do want to resign. So it's like a lifelong appointment, basically. Wow. He's going in in front of Congress and he is a very, very hard line um, Catholic. Um, He once actually would not sign off on an abortion for an undocumented girl. Um, Oh, it's him. Yes. Who was raped and wanted to just, (gasps) yeah, he did not sign off on that. So, and he, it's really important because um, if he does get through 
it'll be now a majority conservative court and Roe versus Wade and other, well, that's the biggest one. Um, that can be up for a fight and overturned. And a lot of people are talking about that. And I feel like, yes, um, people are like, no, it's law. Like, would they really do that? But then also like, do we not see what's happening on the border? Did we think that was something that was capable of happening? No, but it is happening. So mm-hmm. honestly, anything is on the table. Um, yeah. So his hearings are happening right now. Uh, I think the first day was yesterday. And so I think I want to put him in his own section. He's an awful, terrible person. Um, and his, his ideology should never be enacted because literally people's lives are going to be at stake. But really interestingly, um, a U.S. employee, I think she also works with immigration and helped architect what is happening down at the border. I don't know her exact role because people like are still like getting more information about her. But this woman, her name is Zena Bash. Mm-hmm. She was sitting behind him during the hearings giving a very overt white power sign. <gasps> yeah. Yeah, so this is a huge conversation conversation that's happening on Twitter, and people are like, no, she's like the daughter of Polish Holocaust survivors, and she's half Mexican. I want everyone to know that you can be Black and anti-Black and racist. So if you can... Like, your skin color has nothing, or, like, your ethnicity has nothing really to do with upholding white supremacy. You do not need to be a white person to uphold white supremacy. So, throwing the fact that she is Black, I mean, sorry, (laughs) I'm getting really heated. Throwing in the fact that she is Mexican, as if Mexicans can't be anti-Black or racist, and she's a very blanquita. She's a white Mexican. I don't care what anyone says. She is not a brown woman. She is a white Mexican. Mm-hmm. We we know. <laughs> we know their legacy. So <laughs> I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Like being Mexican doesn't like keep you from anything at all. Um, or like, or like, um, uh having a Jewish lineage doesn't keep you at all. There were, oh, yeah. I, I believe there was one high ranking um, SS Nazi officer who actually had to get an exemption from Hitler to not be killed or be part of this, like the final solution oh. because he himself was Jewish. So I want, I want to hear it. There are literal Nazis who are Jewish. I want yeah. to hear it. So she definitely is going to hell. I don't Mexican Jewish ancestors. I don't. I do not care. How do you say I don't care? No me importa. Yeah, that no me importa. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. <laughs> lots of lots of lots of emotions in this episode. Yeah, lots of emotions. I'm probably going to self-care with a face mask afterwards. But um, I do want I do want to leave it on a positive note that it's lots of emotions and we're only this emotion, emotional and, um, because we're passionate. And now after we finish recording, I'm going to go watch my home repair videos. 
because I'm back on that. Yeah, you're going to go watch um, houses in an economy where it's probably impossible for us to get houses. But, you know, wishful thinking, man. I'm just going to dream with it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, everyone. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and also give us a review, por favor. Mm -hmm. And catch you guys on the next episode. Bye. This podcast was executive produced by Karen Almonte. You can follow us on social media to keep up with your favorite Bronx ladies. From the Bronx with Love is part of Anthology House Media.